Okay, welcome to We are on Rosh Hashanah. A couple words of introduction about Masat Rosh Hashanah. Number one is that the concept of Rosh Hashanah as the holiday that we celebrate it um, is in the Torah. But maybe I should say, but if I say as we celebrate it, not exactly. Meaning the, the idea of having a Chag on that day and the idea of blowing the shofar certain, that does appear in the Torah itself. The idea of the theme of the day being, first of all, Rosh Hashanah, like the first day of the new year, doesn't, doesn't appear in the Torah. The idea of it being a Yom Hadin, a judgment day of some sort, doesn't appear in the Torah. Making Hashem the king over the, uh, the earth, that's not in the Torah. So a lot of the theme we talk about do appear in the Mishnah and the Gemara that certainly does but just because it's not in the Torah itself we'll have to explain that second thing is you'll see from the first Mishnah we're talking about many Rosh Hashanah our Ba'ar Rosh Hashanah there's four different Rosh Hashanah the Mishnah says it's even a little more than that sort of and that idea seems very strange at first but um, it's not as strange as we might think. I mean, if you think about sort of the idea that you know we have like a, a Rosh Hashanah in the secular calendar for the school year, right? We often start the school year in the Northern Hemisphere, September 1st, right? And we go until June 30th in Israel, right? So that's sort of like uh, well-known. The fiscal calendar, meaning the way that the businesses run their, what's called the fiscal year, right? Their business year isn't always January 1st to December 31st. It doesn't always work that way. And there's lots of things like that, right, where um, we have like an artificial start with Whatever it might be, and that's what we'll see here uh, as well. Um, I'll leave it at that. Okay, so that's, you know, it's a short I'm going to do this today. It's a Mishnah and a little bit of Gemara. We'll jump in and we'll see how it goes. The Mishnah starts. Our Ba'ar Roshay Shanimim. There are four different Roshay Shana. Um, so let's actually read a bunch of Rashi, if that's okay with you, because I think he explains some nice things, and that we have the time. The Rashi is our Ba'ar Roshay Shanimim. Oh, sorry. The first one in the Mishnah says, Ba'chabi Nisan Roshay Shanimim Lachim Vilur Galim. The first one is the Roshay for kings and for holidays. Rashi says, Limlachim Rigilim Hayulim Not Zman Sharotehem Lishnot Hamelech. Okay, they used to count um, or, or they would uh, date their documents. Wait, what was date the document? But how would they date the document? They'd be referring to the current king and how long the king has been in power. Okay, Mishanasha Amad Bahamelech from the year the king uh, rose to power. Kid Amrina Masachakit, we say this Masachakitin, Mishum Shalom Malchut, because they wanted to create peace with the kingdom. So they wanted to be able to sort of, like, oh, the kings would want to make sure the Jews were acknowledging their rule. So one way we acknowledge the rule was we dated our documents that way. The Kabu Chachamim Echad Binisan Litfilat Shnato. The Chachamim said the first of these, and that's the time. And this important point here, even if the king rose to power in Shvat o Adar, which are the end of the calendar year, right? Nisan's the first month, so Adar would be the last month. The year ends once Nisan hits. And he immediately start year two. Okay, so that's an important, uh, that's an important point. Second, sorry. Okay, that uh, so you could be ruling for a very short amount of time and already be called the second year of your reign. You don't have to know when it is. Okay, that's uh, that's the point. Biblically, regalim Rashi says we'll see in the Gemara. Back in the Mishnah. Okay, it says Echad Nisan Rosh for kings and regalim. Echad Be'elu of Rosh Hashanah LeMasar Behima. First of Elu for Maaser Behima. Maaser Behima is the requirement that uh, every that ten percent of all the new animals in your flock in your herd have to be uh, separated, brought as a 
uh, as a uh, as a korban, as a gift in the uh, Beit Hamikdash, and you had to also you had to number one, you had to count those. You have to know which one they are, and you also have to know. Rashi points out that which year each one's from. Let's say, for example, you have years one, two, and three. So you can only bring Maser for the year one animals from year one animals. From year two animals with year two animals, etc. So you have to keep track both in terms of the, the, the number of animals that you have to know how many animals you have to bring as a Korban, but also to know which animals you can do that from. Okay, so that's the first of Elul. They disagree. They say no. That for that calculation, it's not the first of Ella, first of Tishrei. First of Tishrei is what we call Rosh Hashanah. Here it is. Rosh Hashanah Lishanim. It's a new year for years. If we're counting years, the first of Tishrei. Shmitin, Ula Yovlot, for Shmita, Yovel. All these things are the trigger at first at the first of Tishrei. Linitia. Okay, Nitya Rashi says, the Midian Shnei Orla, counting the years of Orla. Nitya literally means planting, and Orla is the requirement that uh, a new tree for the first three years, any produce it produces is uh, prohibited. It's called Orla, it's not allowed to be consumed. The fourth year, it's called Neta Revai, the fourth year produce, and that is uh, has a status similar to what we'd call uh, Master Shani, meaning it has a brought to Yerushalayim, or redeemed and money used. And to be to get food and then you reach a lime. But that's a lot. By the way, it's not such a relevant halakha all the time because often when you plant a tree, it doesn't produce fruit for the first few years. But that is the halakha. So when you calculate the years of the particular tree, you have to know. Uh, we'll go by echa betishrei. Okay, this is practical. People you know, have to observe this a lot of times. You know, in Eretz Israel, you plant trees, you have to deal, deal with it. Liyurakot. And for vegetables, also we talk about um, maser and things like that when it comes to vegetables. Be'echad b'shvat, Rosh Hashanah li'ilan k'di be'beit Shammai. Be'i Shammai says the first b'shvat is Rosh Hashanah for trees. Be'tilolomim b'chamisha sarbo b'hil says the 15th. And that's the famous two b'shvat as Rosh Hashanah for ilanot. Okay, so we'll talk, talk more about that. Okay, the Gemara jumps in and says, L'malachim l'may hilchada. When it comes to kings, what's the halachic relevance of this? Great, so we have to calculate the New York kings by the first of Nisan. Why does that ever matter halachically? Amr of Fissa Lishta wrote, because it matters for documents. It's not, as we learned in the Mishnah, Shtarei Chov HaMukdamim Psulim V'Mukharim Ksherim. Okay, that um, uh, um, documents, promissory notes, by saying you owe someone money, if they are predated, they are disqualified. If they are post-dated, they're fine. Why does that matter? So let's just explain quickly. So the concept of uh, a lien. We've talked about it a bunch of times this year, what a lien is. But a lien essentially just follows, right? Ruben lends Shimon $10,000. Uh, Shimon owes, owes, so now Shimon owes Ruben $10,000. Well, Shimon can't pay the $10,000. So Ruben can seize Shimon's property, his land, his house, whatever it might be. The fact that he can seize his property is called a lien. L-I-E-N. Okay, that's a lien. Okay? Now, why does that really matter? From the perspective of Reuben and Shimon, that's sort of self-evident, right? Shimon owns the mo- owes the money. If you can't give him cash, he has to give him some other property. But what would happen if Shimon had his house at the time of the loan, but sold the house to Levi? Okay, if you sold the house to Levi, Levi never borrowed any money from Reuben, but nonetheless, because that, that house bears a lien, that lien a- applies even if the property is sold to somebody else. So Reuben could seize, if, if Shimon can't pay him, Reuben can seize the house or the land from Levi. Okay, now why does this matter for Shtar Mugdam? Shtar Mugdam would be like this. Let's say Reuben lends Shimon the money. Okay, Shimon doesn't have any land. So Reuben's hesitant to 
to give Shimon uh, a loan because he does he knows if he, if he if he can't pay back he has nothing to uh, you know like no security to to do this to, to, but Shimon says you know what I actually last week I just sold my land to Levi that's why I don't have any land now right so why don't we do the following let's write a star but we'll just predate it by seven days and it'll be as though I owned the land at the time I owned the land time of the loan and then Levi can get stuck you know with paying you back the land right. So for that scheme that theoretically could happen, right, meaning Levy has to be responsible enough if he buys land to make sure there's no current lien. But he can't be responsible enough to know that there'll be a scheme that, you know, creates something that didn't really exist. So to protect him, you can never have a star mukdam. Okay, and all these things, but Mu'har, post-dating it, never really would matter because whatever happens later didn't really, right, doesn't, isn't effective. And therefore, that's what we're worried about when it comes to Shtarot, knowing the proper date of the king, what the proper year, is really important because of this issue of the liens. Okay? Now, um, here we go. Tana Rabbanon, the brightest house of the Salos. Melech Sha'amad Be'adar. If a king rises to power in the 29th of Adar, the last day of the calendar year. Once the first of Nisan comes, midnight strikes, for, you know, for our Jewish calendar, you know, midnight shkia, you know, sunset. Um, it's a full year. It's, he's only ruled for the one day, but it's a whole year. But if he just took power the next day, it's not a year until the following Nisan comes. Okay, so that's pretty straightforward, but that is how it works. Amar Mar. So uh, let's let's revisit that statement. Find the Gemara says, Okay, it's hinting us that that Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah of our kings. And it's also telling us that one day in the year is considered to be a year. Okay. Um, Fine, you know, we'll stop there and we'll continue with the Shem tomorrow.